0: Psalm 107. I give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those who redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There will be more words of the Lord from Psalm 107 today, but we'll let that be our exchange. We'll let your thanks be to God be implied, the same way our offerings at the beginning of the meal, our thanksgiving, implies our gratitude for the whole meal, while there are reasons to be thankful throughout. Our thankfulness is often implied... Though it probably needs to be said more often. Psalm 107 asks for that. It asks for us to say aloud our praises. We're called on. The people of God are called on. The assembled congregation is called on to give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. We hear of God's steadfast love often. 172 times in the Old Testament, those words are put together. 120 times in the Psalms alone. Steadfast love, has said in Hebrew. You can do a lot with has said in your life. With steadfast love, you can take risks because you don't have to worry that a failure might mean losing God's love. With steadfast love, you can exhale because you aren't worried that every misstep is going to mean the threat of God's judgment. When love is steadfast, it's ongoing, consistent, can be counted on, something to be confident in, it's the certainty that tells you God and I will have a relationship whether I fail miserably or succeed fantastically because God isn't loving me based on how I perform. God loves me. God loves you. God loves us. Period. We need that kind of assurance in our lives, because so much of our lives, even from our so-called loved ones, seems to determine our value based on our production, our successes. I watched too many six- to eight-year-olds on the basketball court this year look reflexively at their parents after missing a shot. Six to eight year olds, concerned that their value would go up or down with their shooting percentage. That's not how it works with God. His love is steadfast win or lose, fail or succeed. We need that kind of assurance in our lives because we do fail, sometimes miserably. And sometimes it is in our failing that we recognize our need for God's redemption. We start to sense how much we need that steadfast love. Psalm 107 speaks of God redeeming us from trouble and offers case studies of those who have been redeemed. It then gives us this command, Let the redeemed extol in the congregation of the people and praise Him in the assembly of the of the elders. When I was planning these sermons on the Psalms for Lent, I read those words and they spoke to me. I heard them say, Get this, let the redeemed extol in the congregation and praise him in the assembly. I'm not always literal, but that seemed like an instruction, like it was saying, Let them praise. So I thought, you know, I should let them praise. And I asked Ellen Knight and Ryan Poston if they would come and represent you as people who would praise God in the assembly of the congregation. And they agreed. Aren't you glad it was them and not you? Both will come and, and share their thoughts on Psalm 107, how God is at work in their lives. We'll ask Ellen to come first.
1: Psalm 107, verses 4 through 9. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. It seems like the Jews are always walking. They were always moving from one place to another, being led to their imprisonment, their exile, their salvation. In fact, the wandering Jew is such an archetypal image that there's even a plant that shares the name. Those who know me know that I have done my fair share of wandering. I left Lawrence at 15, and except for a few months here and there, have only now returned. My home for the last six years was in Asheville, North Carolina. A town with an incomparable food scene. If you want it, you can find it. And it's not just that it's there, but that it's all really good. Still, as good as the food in Asheville is, the best thing I have ever eaten was not there. Wasn't in any of my travels abroad. And though I know it would make a very sentimental point, it is not something my mother made to welcoming me home from my wandering. The best thing I have ever eaten is something you can find at any grocery store. It's Just a piece of deli chocolate. And before you go to the store on the way home to get some, let me stop you. It will not be the best thing that you've ever eaten. Trust me, I've eaten the same type of chocolate countless times, and it has never been as good or as satisfying as that one time, that one time that it was the best. When I was in college, my wandering spirit took me on an outward bound sailing trip in the Florida Keys. It was January, and it was probably the only week of cold weather that Florida saw that winter. Twelve other people and I lived on a 30-foot wooden sailboat, and that is not big for 13 people. At nighttime, we laid the oars gunnel to gunnel to make a type of platform, and we slept head to toe. It was a good night when you got the paddle side of the oar so that your head didn't slip down between the handles. And at dawn every morning, we jumped into the water and swam. It was about 50 degrees outside, and though it was the gulf, the water felt about 20 degrees colder than that. This was not your average relaxing beach trip. The morning we were told to swim a mile, the water was particularly cold. We were close to where the Gulf and the Atlantic met, and the waters were deeper than any of the other mornings that we had swam. When I jumped into the water, it felt as if my lungs shrank, as if I could pull in no amount of air, and I... Bobbed in the water for a few minutes before coordinating all my limbs and started swimming. And as I swam, I felt every tug of the tide, every laborious stroke, and I'm pretty sure I doggy paddled the last quarter of a mile. I was the last one to the boat, and my boatmates literally had to pull me aboard. I collapsed onto the bench and was rewarded with that small square your deli chocolate I was so exhausted that my hands shook as I lifted it to my mouth I bit in and realized that 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 right there was the best thing that I had ever eaten and by outside standards it, it wasn't anything very special but I was weak and it revived me nothing since has ever tasted so good nor will it ever Because in order to appreciate being fed, you have to be hungry. Really hungry. God's gift to the wandering Jews was no small thing. They were hungry with a gut wrenching emptiness that I can only imagine. They had wandered for who knows how long, searching for an indeterminate place. They were hungry, they were thirsty. The passage tells us that their lives had begun to ebb away when they prayed. As if only waiting for the right time, God then directed their path, fed them, and quenched their thirst. Some may see all the accounts of the Jews struggling through the desert as bewildering. Why would God allow these people to suffer? And I am not well versed in the least to take on ideas of suffering but I must admit there's something here I understand some beautiful little reminder of our God as one who takes care of the sick and the hungry the infirmed and the disabled while the people in the city were already full God rewarded the Jews the ones who struggled the ones who were empty the ones who still had room in them God filled them with good things. Leave room, the passage seems to urge. For what God can fill us with is better than anything we could provide for ourselves. Leave room. Leave room. Only then can we give Him the best things we will ever know.
0: Some sat in darkness and in gloom prisoners in misery and irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Their hearts were bowed down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their bonds asunder. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind, for he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were sick through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities endured affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. And delivered them from destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. For his wonderful works to humankind. And let them offer thanksgiving sacrifices. And tell of his deeds with songs of joy.
2: Verses 23 to 32. Some went down to the sea in ships. Doing business on the mighty waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord. His wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the winds of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to humankind. Let them extol him in the congregation and praise him in the assembly of the elders. When I first reflected on these verses, I realized that I would not had many times in my life where I felt an absence of God's steadfast love. I attribute that to being raised in the church Surrounded by unconditional love from my parents, family, church, school, and friends. Throughout my childhood and early teens, I have no memory of questioning God's love or his teachings. I do have some recollection as a young teen when our religious teachers, nuns, and occasionally priests, encourage us to share any doubts. I particularly remember issues like how could God's steadfast love mean he loves an abuser or a murderer even more puzzling how could god forgive them and allow them to go to heaven these educators responded with words i can't remember but with a confidence in god's awesome grace and mercy that i have seldom questioned as for major failures or losses i've experienced relatively few maybe one occasionally two a decade starting at age 18 Of those, only two were so intense that I could relate to being at sea when the winds lifted up so high that I was driven down to the depths. Or as it reads in the Message Bible, the bottom dropped out and my heart was stuck in my throat. At one very low point about 15 years ago, I remember feeling that my heart was encased in barbed wire. And the world was twisting and pulling throughout my body down my arms and up my legs, endlessly dragging me ever closer to my wit's end, with no courage to carry me through. The misery was like crashing waves, but not a pattern, not neat or tidy, but messy and complex. That time in particular, I cried out to the Lord, who truly brought me out in the nick of time, with the aid of his amazing servant and my husband Doug, Together, they brought me safely back to harbor. For that and many less intense missteps, I thank God daily for his marvelous love and the people who surround me acting as his hands and heart through their prayers and actions. So in keeping with the directive in the psalm, I say, thank you, Heavenly Father, for your steadfast love for me and for all your children. And for each of you in the congregation, I invite you to say, as it is written at the end of verse 31, Thank you, Father, for your wonderful works to humankind. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful works to humankind. After Will increased our reflection time, I pondered the ocean, which was the focus of my verses. In verse 24, those doing business on the mighty waters saw his wondrous works in the deep. I must confess, the ocean's not something which I've ever given much thought to, let alone his wondrous works there. Several recent news articles and radio interviews, though, fascinated me when they discussed how little knowledge any of us have about this resource. This resource covers a large percentage of our planet. Once more, I'm going to ask you to work. Raise your hand when you get to the correct, when I get to the correct amount of the earth that the ocean covers. 28%. All right, it's not a large percentage. You're right. 57%. 66%? No? What do you think, Willie? Hmm? I bet I know what you're thinking. It's, 75% 75% if you include the lakes and rivers, but it's 72% if you don't. Because we've got a lot of water. Two-thirds of our planet, thank you, is underwater. There is water. We'll figure that out later. But not surprisingly, the ocean plays a role in everything we do. Much like our creator, if we let him. The ocean has a role in the air we breathe, our daily weather, and so much more. Yet, despite its size and its impact on our lives, we've explored less than 3%, 3 3% of the entire ocean. As Ocean Explorer Robert Ballard explains, it contains, and I quote, wondrous works. He talks about limestone formations, incredible life forms, upside down waterfalls, and so, so many more incredible things. Middle school students who participate in his program sharing the vastness of his adventures are in awe, transfixed, their jaws dropping. In addition to the natural history that also includes the greatest mountain range on our planet, there are pipe organs formed of chemicals and many more marvels. It's also the largest museum on earth and includes preserved shipwrecks dating back long before the birth of Christ. Yet, most of the ocean is in eternal darkness. From these astonishing ocean facts, 72% of the earth, less than 3% explored, necessary for life as we know it, my mind kept jumping to the similarities of our Christian world. Too many people don't know or or know very little about God's wondrous love. We are surrounded by marvels of his works that we can see and experience yet we often do not appreciate them. Too many people on our planet live in darkness, unaware of God's transforming love. So to the elders I say, always keep in mind how important your efforts are that speak of his wondrous deeds and God's steadfast love. Educate all God's children so together the world can say, praise the Lord, Hallelujah." And if you agree with me, raise your hands and say, Praise the Lord. hallelujah. Amen.
0: I'm grateful to Ryan and to Ellen for their willingness to, to speak and to share and obviously have done so uh, with great preparation and, and prayerful thought. It's encouraging to hear their words. And though I joked earlier that you're glad it was not you. I hope that it will inspire us to do more of this kind of thing, to share our faith. Maybe not in this space, but someday with someone or ones to say how God is at work redeeming your life, how God is at work blessing your life, T- to share the love of God that you have come to have. Share how God in His steadfast love has redeemed you, is redeeming you. You know, some stories are dramatic. Most are probably fairly tame. But none are unimportant. Because we're talking about God coming into our lives and saving us. The United Methodist men have made sharing our faith a priority. Tomorrow night's meeting, Johnny Crouch will share his story and more stories like his will come in the future meetings. And it's all for the purpose of letting God's people share his redeeming and steadfast love. It's a gift to the hearers when we share. It's a gift to the sharers when we share. And I think it's a gift to God. When we share, let the redeemed